Hey there, everyone. I'm Ashley Bullington. And I'm David Carpenter. And this is Pitches and Pearls. Hello there, everyone. We are back with another episode of Pitches and Pearls. This is episode three, David. Three. Hey, I'm surprised you made it this far. But hey, glad to be here. I cannot believe they they kept listening for a third episode. I'm actually quite proud of them. We both should should be pretty darn proud. Um, But David... There's some sad yeah. news right now. I thought we were going to be talking about rule changes and all of that fun stuff today. Maybe some other fun topics, but you know, we get to talk about COVID-19, the coronavirus, uh, not the fun coronavirus, not the fun coronavirus, which is the hangover from <laughs> Corona, but COVID-19. I just had to bring it up, didn't you? I did have to bring it up, David. It is the most talked about thing in sports right now. Who would have thunk it that a virus named after a light beer would take over the world? Literally. I thought I was going to be the one that took over the world, actually, but a virus did. It beat beat you to it. It It did. I'm very upset right now. Okay, but anywho, let me not make so much light of the coronavirus because it is a serious matter. Um, I just had to add a little bit of funniness to this, guys, just because we're all freaking out, I guess. Um, But anyways, David, I'm going to let you take over this part because you are directly affected by this. And um, yeah, I'm just going to let you kick it off however you'd like. Um, I mean, not only am I directly affected by this, but basically everyone within the sports world is. Um, kind of one of those deals where, honestly, this has never been experienced before. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, the guys going through the strike in 94, uh, you know, abbreviated spring training in 95. But, I mean, this is something that has absolutely just kind of gripped everybody with fear. And uh, I guess more so because we just don't know how long this is going to last, how we're going to fight through it. But um, And there's mixed, mixed reviews on it, too. Like, that's the big thing. You get people that are talking about this uh, from the standpoint of, okay, it's just like the normal flu. You get others that are, you know, feeling much more, um, you know, a little bit less, less reserved about it. They feel that this is going to be a, a lot bigger issue than what most are thinking. So... Uh, you know, the sports world is basically shut down. And um, that's one of the tough things about it because, you know, as a athlete, as a sports lover myself, you know, what do we turn to whenever there's stuff going on in our everyday lives? We turn to sports to basically have that two to three hour window where we just forget about any type of, you know, garbage that's going on in our life at that time. So to be able to have that reprieve is kind of nice to get away from. And now, we don't have that and everybody's kind of not sure what to you know which direction to go with i mean ashley what do you what do you think so first off um it's interesting because i don't think anything has ever really shut the sports world down like covid19 has granted i understand why we're doing this because it's passed on from person to person um not only that but large groups are being 
it's a state of emergency right now so they're putting large groups um they're trying to make sure that they don't happen but i think back to when 9-11 happened and there was the yankees game um i don't remember what day the yankees game was on but george bush went there and it was kind of one of those really surreal moments in history and it always stands out when you talk about um the aftermath of 9-11 and seeing not only at at 9-11 when all those first responders came together to help people were helping people were putting themselves in the line of fire and to to make sure that people made out of made it out of the twin towers alive and just the the unity that came together for that um i think that's kind of the last time that the at least the u.s was affected like it is right this second and to see how you know all of the all of the leagues have been suspended ncaa spring sports have been canceled and all that kind of stuff yes i can tell that means that we need to take this very seriously but the impact of it is so much bigger because um you know i haven't been to the the grocery store just yet but every picture i've seen from the grocery store my my sister-in-law works at heb and she literally said she goes we have almost nothing on the on the walls right now um by 10 o'clock today the meat section of heb was completely cleared out by 10 o'clock this morning people are freaking out about this and yes i think this is something that we need to take seriously because it can have the ability to kill to kill people but at the same time we just need to be per per, we just need to be cautious and take precautions to make sure that we are doing the best that we can to not only make sure that we stay safe but the people around us stay safe and i think that's the biggest part of why we're in a state of emergency right now versus um you know where china was or where italy is right now where you know they're having they were having and are having um a lot of a lot of casualties in this and a lot of people getting sick versus here in the u.s where it's kind of contained right now but i don't think we need to be freaking out like we are um believe me uh for me personally um because i work where i work for me my job's not affected right now but at the same time thursday rolled around and they postponed our uil state boys basketball championships and even though we're late into our season and we only have two shows left, we're still sitting there like, holy crap, like, sports are kind of canceled right now. Sports aren't going right now. Like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, because I think so many people look at, it as, look at it as an outlet They that you just don't really really know what to do with yourself except for watch Netflix or Hulu. Right. And you're pretty limited on the, the stuff you can watch on there. I mean, you've, mm-hmm. you've got a couple series you can roll through. Everyone watch you. you feel like hitting up the reruns. <laughs> you, okay well there's your plug hey there's your plug. we're Hopefully gonna they get back david to you, you need that. to watch you i'm serious yeah, i'm still on punisher like i, I still Ooh, enjoy I watching i think yet. i've watched it three or four i'd probably watch it three times through i'm watching uh, kind of upset that that netflix kind of had to discontinue with the whole disney app coming up but <sighs> yeah we'll make do we'll see what happens just get disney plus but, drew, um, drew needs disney plus in his i've life. already got it oh, i've already go. got it oh, i've boy. already got it so here's the crazy thing with the whole covid19 um, you know, canceling spring training, or excuse me, suspending spring training as we are speaking. 
um, because I hate the word canceled because that means it might not come back. But um, you go back to, like you said, September 11th, and the sports world stopped. Basically, the entire country stopped for a number of days. And then it was it was one of those things, okay, we need to try and find some sense of normalcy, mm-hmm. you know, after the terror attacks. And we were able to fight through it as, you know, as a country and as, as a people together and try to take back, you know, that life of normalcy that we had. Um, you know, things were definitely different as far as, um, you know, security and all that type of stuff, um, that they were able to be, measures be taken to make sure people were safe during that time. And, um, but this is a completely different animal. Um, when you're dealing with, you know, human beings, you can do certain things to deter certain actions, uh, to a degree. Uh, but when you're dealing with a, a virus, a, um, a type of issue like we're seeing right now, there's no, no way to really corral it and control it because of the effect it does have on the human body. So with that being said, uh, you know, everybody's trying to do their best to, to stay healthy, to stay basically in a uh, safe state as far as you can say to try and stay away from any type of contact uh, of this spreading and try to really limit the the area that the that can be contaminated so you know it kind of stinks for for us you know as ball players trying to deal with this trying to understand okay we don't know when we're going to start up spring training again we don't know when the season's going to start which is really tough um especially with the type of routine that we try to be in uh, heading into a season. You know, just like most people with their 9 to 5 or their 8 to 4, whatever work week you're trying to to navigate, you know, we're all creatures of habit, creatures of routine. And as soon as you get everybody off of that, you know, everybody starts getting a little stir crazy. So hopefully we're able to, uh, you know, corral this thing, um, CDC get on top of it and, uh, you know, their work in which i'm sure they are and try to find some sort of way to contain it control it and get rid of it so so david i'm really curious and i i'm i want to know so take us through the other day when they were telling you guys um you know the coronavirus this is what's happening we've decided to suspend season we've decided to suspend spring training kind of take us through that meeting or that day or whatever for for you and kind of like your perspective from it because I'm really curious like we all see it and we we hear about it and it's like oh okay so it's been suspended but from from your guys perspective I mean it's almost like the rug was pulled out from underneath you very much so and that's probably the best way to try and describe it um the biggest thing that we saw because I mean we we were paying attention to stuff that was going on with the NBA um the one player from Utah Jazz who Rudy had Gobert. The testing. Thank Rudy you. Gobert. Appreciate it. So, you know, his actions that partook, you know, after announcing that he was basically contaminated with the virus, you know, it was like, come on, dude, like be a little bit smarter than that. You know, going around touching microphones, touching tables, and evidently he went in the so locker room. So he didn't know he was you know, contaminated yet. He just started not to feel good. I thought that was during the, the announcement. Oh, okay. Well, so I, I believe we thought before. there was an announcement. So. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you're giving me better information than what we were seeing on TV then. So we'll go from there. But um, it's kind of one of those deals where, you know, we're monitoring that. Next thing you know, the NBA is just full-blown panic, and they're shutting everything down. And we're sitting there going, oh, crap, oh, crap. 
this is going to happen to us because our commissioner seems to follow suit rather than, you know, really take into consideration what would be a better uh, plan of action. And so we're sitting there, they call us in, hey, we've got a meeting, you know, we're going to inform you guys on what's going on. And next thing you know, they're basically telling us, guys, um, you know, we're going to probably shut down spring training. Like there's not going to be any active workouts. You can do individual stuff here and there once we clear the clubhouse and clean up uh, all this other stuff. I mean, it was incredible, uh, the amount of cleaning. And I'm not talking about cleaning crews coming in. We're talking about personal staff of each team, of each organization, are going around rubber gloves, masks, you know, bottles of Clorox, bottles of Lysol, bottles, bottles of whatever you've got to try and kill any type of germs. Um, and really going over an entire locker room, a clubhouse, um, the weight room. I mean, everywhere within the, the facility was covered in some type of disinfectant. And, uh, I mean, they had signs up that you had to scrub in before you walked in. You had to scrub out before you left. Holy moly. I mean, it was absolute – it looked like a CDC site, honest to God. I was waiting on the yellow suits, the yellow hazmat <laughs> suits to start coming out. All the bodily but, fluids. Um, all, just everything. I was like, holy smokes. But, um, yeah, they basically told us you have to leave the facility. We'll let you know when you can come back so we can have a meeting and talk about this. And during the meeting, we're sitting there, and they said, guys, um, there's no easy way to say this. We think it is best for everyone to return to their homes. And we're thinking, you know, this is kind of crazy. What's going on? Why, why, do we have to, why do we have to vacate spring training? then we come to find out that uh, most of the spring training sites are not owned by the teams. They're owned by the cities that they're in. So at that time, if a city decides to shut everything down, that complex is included in that. So then us guys and the staff have nowhere to work out or go for lunch and all that kind of stuff to really, you know, have a, a center hub to go to. So then you're kind of left out, you know, high and dry. Uh, so that was one of the things they were pushing for was if this, continues to worsen this uh this scenario uh they wanted us to actually be at home and be able to you know kind of take care of things from a home base rather than staying out there at spring training which to most of us was kind of a shock you know whether we've rented houses rented hotels cars all that kind of stuff so we're immediately have to try and you know scramble to get that taken care of before we leave i know some of the guys have stayed behind to try and do some workouts and resume some type of um, normal routine, um, but they like again. They really push for a lot of guys to go ahead and go home, be with family, um, and just kind of wait this out because they said originally it would at least be a two-week layoff, and they were also thinking it could be longer. So we do not have an, a definite return to work time, and uh, so it's kind of one of those things where it's just like you know just hurry up and wait. So basically, like an extended rain delay during a baseball game. So I'll be honest, and what I think is interesting about this whole thing is that it went from, hey, guys, you can work out here. Um, we are just suspending spring training, so unofficially you can come and work out and keep your routine going to, okay, it's canceled. You can't use the facilities X, Y, and Z. If you want, go home. If you want, stay here, but that's your choice. Um, right. And you're seeing a lot of people scrambling right now. It's not like all of these guys – 
are one making money and two um two they have the ability to kind of drop everything on a dime because they've got a they've got some some stuff saved because they either had a big signing bonus or have a couple of years of big league time underneath them a lot of these guys mm-hmm. are never been to the big leagues might not ever make it to the big leagues didn't get a signing bonus they're there because they're just trying to show that they belong and you're telling them okay hey pick up we don't know we don't know when you're going to be employed again and so be it okay bye i mean that's that's kind of the gist of it um and that's the toughest thing a lot of people don't understand during spring training no one gets paid no no one that is a player i'm sorry is getting paid at that time um you we will get like per diem money as far as maybe a little bit of money to live out on um some money to be able to pay for food and all that kind of stuff but it's not like during a normal season where you're getting your regular salary and isn't that you just know, big, big league or, players uh you mean pay during spring training yeah, i mean no, uh, you can kind of explain it all paid. to me then real quick okay um at the big league level if you're in big league camp the per diem is better than what it is on the minor league side. Um, I don't remember exactly what the figures are for the minor league side, uh, but it's definitely even changed on the big league side, not as much as it used to be. Um, But it's one of those things where uh, it's, there are a lot of guys that are going out there for spring training and basically are paying to play ball, paying to try and make a team because they're out there, you know, whether it's renting a car, renting a place to stay, you know, making sure they have enough, you know, enough food on the table to try and take care of themselves for a month and a half, two months while they're out there training. And, uh, you know, the team is able to supplement some of that and try to help out some, but they're not required to pay them a salary or pay the guys a salary during that time. I think that opens up a whole new level and a whole new set of questions too is. Okay. One, I know one of the things that we were that was really big in the off season was saying that um, we needed to pay players more, so minor league players more at least. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those things where maybe you bring up two different two different options. Not only should I think that minor league players and baseball players in general should be paid for at least spring training, if not the entire year. But should also be, I mean, not only should they be paid more, but maybe be paid for spring training and be paid for the entire year. I mean, those those guys on the forty or on the twenty five man roster make an obscenely godly, ungodly amount of money, and even guys on the twenty man make much more than other guys. I mean, so why not spread the love a little bit more? Maybe make each paycheck a little smaller and pay them during spring training too. So at least they're not losing money. And having to pay to play, I get that it's the grind, and I get that part of that's a tryout. But let's be smart about the way that we're doing this. I mean, not one of the, not one of those clubbies, not one of those general managers, not one of those managers, um, anybody in the front office of any of any uh, major league baseball stadium is being asked to go to spring training and not get paid. That's true. At least to my knowledge, we'll put it that way. Um, you know, as far as the clubbies go, I I don't know, and I will not speak on their behalf, but I do know, you know, front office, all that kind of stuff. I want to say they probably, I'm going to guess they have a 12-month salary, whereas, you know, active baseball players, um, 
you know, if you're in the big leagues, you're getting paid April, May, June, July, August, and September. So there's six months. There's 12 paychecks. To make $527,000 if you're on, a, if you're on like the lowest of the lowest of the salaries. Right. On the, on the big league side. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, your minor leaguers that, um, you know, are only covered for, you know, roughly five months of that. So that's, you know, and it's for a lot less pay. So it is one of those things that actually a friend of ours, uh, Emily Walden brought up in a very well-written article uh, regarding minor league pay uh, this past off season. And I believe she was receiving a, uh, an award out in Arizona that yes. uh, she actually had to miss because of this whole coronavirus. Mm-hmm. You know, so that kind of sinks, you know, for her, she was supposed to, I forget what the exact award was, but, um, you know, for a very well-written piece, and I believe it has actually made a positive impact on the game. There have been a number of organizations that have decided to bump their pay for their minor league uh, players. I think the Rockies are one of them. I know the Blue Jays were a num- another organization. I've, I want to say there's a couple more. I just can't remember exactly who all there was to be able to give them credit. But, I mean, that's something to, you know, that has definitely made a positive impact on our game, you know, especially with her, you know, really bringing that to light. And especially for the guys who are willing to speak out and kind of give their their story on it. Um, you know, because I've known a number of guys, myself included, that during the minor league times that I've, you know, the, the times I was playing in the minor leagues, um, you know, the off season was very important trying to make money to be able to make it through a regular season. Uh, because the pay, um, we'll, we'll just say it this way, in short season, my first year, uh, I was making $850 a month, and that was before taxes. Holy. I mean, we're looking. Yeah, it's, it definitely was not pretty. That's what, and that's you're what expected I made to my, pay rent. That one paycheck in my first job. Oh, congratulations. I mean, I didn't make much, so you were making a lot less than me, <laughs> sweet cheeks. Yeah, well, it happens. But, um, you know, thankful I was able to grind through that, make it up to the big leagues, you know, do fairly well and still trying to do it today. And, you know, we'll see where everything goes from there. But, you know, again, this, this, uh, you know, this issue we're kind of dealing with now, you know, is definitely taking a front seat over, you know, the pay and all this other stuff that's going on, you know, being able to, you know, corral this, uh, this virus and hopefully get everything back to a normal, more normalcy here in the States. So, side note, first off, everyone go check out Emily Walden. Um, She's with The Athletic, and she's done such a great job not only with, you know, creating pieces on major league and minor league ballplayers, mostly minor leagues, but she's also done a very good job shedding a light on a very big problem in the baseball community, the fact that um, the pay hasn't been renegotiated since the 70s. Um, and it's still based on those seventy those those 70s prices and inflation's gone up way like a ton since then. Not only that, but cost of living. Um, so she's done a really good job shedding light on that. But back to what we were talking about, I'm just I think it just baffles me because I've seen so many people um, in our baseball life and the baseball community and all that kind of stuff on Instagram and Facebook and uh, and Twitter. Um, saying different things about how, you know, if you need help, please let us, please call us. Or um, if you can't, if you need groceries, like we, we've collected groceries and all that kind of stuff. And you and Trevor Bauer actually were putting something together to 
try to raise some money, right? Right. And um, when everything started to come up with the coronavirus, we weren't sure how long the delay was going to be, if it was going to be a couple days, where they were going to try and just basically clean the clubhouse, make sure everybody was taken care of, and then get back to regular training. We thought it was going to be a couple days, a week at most. So I came up with this idea and shot to Trevor that, hey, let's uh, let's kind of get some guys together, with, you know, big league guys, minor league guys, whoever it is, get them all together. Let's go to a random field, you know, in the Phoenix area. There's a few of them out there. It doesn't have to be a big league ballpark, but just a, you know, a 60-90 ballpark, you know, 60 feet uh, pitching mound, 90 feet base pass, and just get some guys out there in, you know, friendly competition, get some guys out there to throw that need to throw, some guys out there that want to see some live pitching so that we're all staying in some type of a rhythm. He thought it was a great idea, um, and all of a sudden it just completely caught traction. It was really and, cool uh, he, to see all the yeah, different guys he, commenting on saying that they were in. Like, a bunch of people yeah. that, I, that I'm friends with were like, hey, I'm in on this, I'm in on this, I'm in on this. It was so cool to see that. It really was. And, um, you know, that was the, the part that we were kind of looking at was to basically be able to kind of broadcast it, whether it be over, like, a Facebook Live, you know, Instagram. Um, Trevor has his own uh, production crew with uh, Watch Momentum. Uh, another very good thing to take a look at if you get a chance. Hey, um, let's not a, go promote other sites. Shows. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, hey, kidding. They, they brought me along. Everyone, so, y'all can uh, watch Watch it. Momentum. It brought David into the podcasting world, which is how he got with Thank me. You. Yeah, well, we're not all so lucky. But anyway, <laughs> um, they were going to basically live stream. And um, I guess Trevor was trying to reach out to make sure everything was going to be covered, everything was going to be okay, and kind of met some – uh, dare I say resistance? Um, Ooh, look at you from being controversial. Of, yeah, you know. Uh, met some resistance from certain um, individuals and suggested that that not happen because of possible voiding of contracts if people got hurt. Uh, just, just different things that came up where it didn't seem like it was going to be a very plausible thing to do and it wasn't going to be in everybody's best interest because that's the last thing we want to do is go out there and, you know, basically get somebody hurt. We're trying to, you know, prepare for a season the best we can while we were waiting this out. Um, but you know, after seeing the, um, the problems that were possibly going to arise by trying to do that, um, we decided to go ahead and just do a wiffle ball game, um, which I wasn't able to attend uh, basically because I needed to come back home for some stuff with my son. But um, the guys actually just got – I want to say they just got done probably playing. Uh, I think they they were live streaming on, like I said, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook Live, all kinds of stuff. There's a handful of guys out there, Trevor, Derek Dietrich. I believe I saw Tommy Pham, Eric Gagne, just to name a few guys. But uh, it was really cool to see the guys out there having a little bit of fun and, and the reactions that the people were getting. You know, saying how much fun it was just to see people out, guys out there, you know, having fun, joking, swinging the bat, throwing, you know, throwing a whip of balls, just having a good time. It was actually really cool, too, because I had several conversations with people today, and one lady who's a big fan in Reno, 
she said, oh my gosh, I can't wait for that, for that Sandlot game to come on because I miss sports right now. Like I was, uh, I spend money to go to Reno games every single year. I'm a season ticket holder for two seats. This isn't that like, I'm so sad that baseball is not on right now because I was going to go down to spring training and now I can't, but I am so excited to watch that game. I hope they do more of that. And it was because she, she misses sports. So I think that also goes to show how one little thing, even something so small as like a Sandlot game, brings some comfort to people because that she wasn't the only person that told me that she was excited to watch that. I mean, I had five or six people that have no, who have no connection to anybody that's playing that are like, I cannot wait to watch that game. So I think it goes to show the impact that sports have on just the world in general. Like we were right. discussing earlier. And that was a cool thing about it because you got you saw some guys out there that, you know, that actually care, care about people, care about what's going on. Um, I know Trevor actually is doing something um, to the effect of, I can't remember if he's doing something to try and raise money to donate to like the coronavirus research or if it was to give it to some of the uh, stadium staff. Um, I'm guessing in Cincinnati. I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on it. But uh, to try and, you know, take care of some people that have been affected by this uh, with their own job, you know, not being able to get paid for whatever reason because of, you know, this going on and and delaying the season and such. So, you know, there is definitely a good cause behind it. We were just wanting to have a little bit of fun. If there's some money to be raised to be able to give away to some people to help them out, that that was just a bonus. Um, So, you know, hopefully – we can get the guys to do this a couple times and, uh, you know, get some people to tune in, watch, you know, give us some new content to maybe try and work on for the next one. But, uh, you know, fingers crossed that this kind of, this thing just kind of gets, you know, moves along pretty quickly. And we can, you know, like I said, get back to, get back to baseball and basketball and all the good stuff that makes this country so great. So some things that I thought were really cool. And I think that have been really, really an interesting thing to see about this whole COVID-19 stuff um, is how different guys in the sports community have dedicated money and dedicated time and dedicated things to make sure that the people who uh, Carlos Correa put it really well, and I can't believe we're giving some we're giving some credit to the Astros guys. Um, Carlos Correa said it really well, though. He's like those people; those people are the ones who take care of my family when I'm at work, and I want to make sure that they're taken care of. So I'm going to make sure that me and other Astros players take care of the Minute Maid staff while this is going on. However long it's going on, however many games are missed, however long it takes for them to make to start making a salary when they're actually working, me and the boys are going to make sure that this is taken care of. But not only that, um, you know, Mark Cuban, as soon as, it, as, soon as um, the, the league was suspended, made sure to put out there that he was going to take care of the staff. And not only that, but he's also reimbursing them to make sure that they go and eat at small at at, at um at restaurants and going to like coffee shops that aren't Starbucks to take care of the small businesses in Dallas. I think that's awesome. And then how about nineteen-year-old Zion, um, Zion uh, Williamson, Williamson. Williams. Thank you, thank you, Williams. Zion Williams, who is a rookie in the league, nineteen years old, and pledged a hundred thousand dollars to make sure that the staff inside of Pelican Stadium um, makes, like, has money to, or money to cover their salaries. I mean, 
I just want to say, like, to me, that's what it is. I think it's bigger. It's so much bigger than sports. And to see guys that understand that and are willing to do things like that to make sure that the people who night in, night out, um, get people into their seats, make sure that everyone's secure, um, help them with the experience that is what you get at going to a baseball park or a or a basketball arena or hockey or whatever it is like to me that's so cool to see that they're just flat out willing to do it um and that they they had the forefront front front in their mind to do it well that's a big thing too like as athletes we're taught that athletics is an avenue to be able to help other people and the guys that really take that to heart are they're not few and far between what a lot of people really think. Like there are a lot of guys out there with big hearts that do help. And there's a lot of them that do it without the, the, uh, Push. the glamor, the, the, all that kind of stuff, the, the press of it. You know, they do it behind closed doors. They do it where a lot of people don't see it and they don't want to have it, you know, displayed all over the media. They're not looking for, you know, the, the admiration for, you know, giving multi, you know, a lot of money. They want to do it just to help people out. You know, J.J. Watt is one of the better uh, guys at doing that, especially with the hurricane that affected Houston. You know, the, the work that he did to try and make sure that people were taken care of in the city of Houston, like that was incredible. So it's not just, um, you know, sports is not just a way to entertain people. It's a way for us as athletes to give back and try to help out within our own communities, with our own states, within you know, the areas that we came from that, that gave us this opportunity. Um, so hopefully we're, like I said, we're able to you know, get back to more of the fun stuff um, of being able to entertain and have fun and, and have people would enjoy coming to watch games. But again, you know, if there's a way that we can try and you know, beat this with, with money out of our pockets or, with time spent with people like that's that's what a lot of guys are willing to do right now the other thing I thought that was really cool is that a lot of schools have been shut down until April 1st and the high school kids around different areas um, including my city um, in Granbury Texas they are offering babysitting for people who um, have to still go to work free babysitting and also um, going to get groceries and running errands for elderly individuals who don't need to be going out and doing it themselves. I think it's really cool to see not only, you know, we see it from the sports world, but just from a community aspect, from a small, minuscule as aspect of, you know, helping one person can make a difference in the long run. And doing things, un doing things selflessly can change somebody's lives and save somebody. Um, and I saw something really cool today, and I think it was done by the German prime minister. And it said, the one person who took themselves out of the equation is the one who saved all the rest. And it was a bunch of matches. And um, matches on the left side, there was like 10 of them. 10 of these matches were mm -hmm. all lit. There was a match pulled down and then 10 more matches on the other side. And the one that was pulled down saved the rest of them from all being lit. Um so it's it's you going out and doing things and helping people and being that good that good neighbor um, in society that really just makes a difference in somebody's lives. And I hope that this doesn't just stick with the coronavirus, that we choose to go do that with everyone and at any point in time, like just going out of your way to say hello to somebody or have a conversation with them 
or you know there's a there's a lady that lives down the street from me and she needed some help and one of my neighbors and I went and cleaned her house I'm not one to talk about the things that I do but it was just the fact that she couldn't get up and do it because she was sick and she had broken her ribs and so the fact that we both went and helped her when she needed help made a difference for her and I hope that we as people choose to do that here going forward not only people who are affected by COVID or whatever it is but just in our our everyday lives because we've become such a selfish society and such a society that it's about me 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 and I hope maybe this sheds some light on you know how good people actually are I completely completely agree with that and I feel that's something that we can definitely learn from uh, adapt with and continue to carry on, like you said, after, you know, we've kicked this, you know, to the curb. So hopefully we're able to keep that type of mentality and uh, moving forward. But I do want to bring this up. This mm-hmm. is something that really bothered me. I really feel for the NCAA athletes right now yes. that, you know, the basketball players that both men and women that had to have their season cut short as far as the March Madness and all that kind of stuff goes, the spring sports, you know, the track, uh, the baseball, softball. Um, I'm trying to think, tennis in the spring or not? Tennis. Please forgive me for that if you're a tennis player. Tennis, equestrian, uh, but, and then isn't um, doesn't rifle run throughout that season too? Yeah, but we were going to repeat as national champions. Guys, national champions guys, I just want to let y'all year, know, so just, David and I actually pay attention to NCAA rifle because both TCU and West Virginia have teams, and they're always ranked in the top ten. So, when we talk about rifle, it's a big rivalry and a big shoddy topic with both of us. So it's not a rivalry when you're number one all the time. Okay, TCU won last just, year. Okay, remember that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, there was something going on there. Whatever. I don't believe that. Anyways, but anyways, well, back to the main topic <laughs> about the seniors. Um, I guess there's some type of petition out there. There's been a request for a lot of the spring athletes, as far as seniors go to be granted another year of eligibility, which, was, which would be incredible. Which was actually granted today. Um, awesome. So Glad to hear that. Except for, for basketball players. Um, so if your season started in the fall, you don't get that extra mm-hmm. year of eligibility. But if you are a spring oh. season only, um, you're granted one more year of eligibility. And they prefaced it by saying that because – they got through their entire season. There's really not a way to allow another year of eligibility because some teams have already been taken out of the equation. So they would be giving eligibility to teams who were no longer in allowed to play. So, and mm-hmm. on top of that, the other rule for eligibility is that you played up to 65, or if you played more than 65% of the season, you're, you lose a year anyways. So they had played gotcha. more than 65% of the season. Um, so that's just trying to stick with NCAA guidelines, which granted, I don't want March Madness to be canceled. If they played that crap in June, I would be all for it. Um, Everybody would. Actually, what I find the most interesting about that whole thing is, did you know that more than 75% of the NCAA's revenue for the year is actually made from March Madness? Wouldn't surprise me one bit. So the fact that they're willing to cancel it, I a shows how serious that everything is, um, and b shows how you know it, it's not about money in the grand scheme of things. We always, and granted, I also do believe that the NCAA is all about money, um, 
for some of their other aspects of things. But uh, I think it also I think it goes to show that to them it is about the athletes and their health and the all all the things that we hate on the NCAA for. Um, it's it's not all bad. Um, and I'm happy that they're willing to give baseball and softball and track and those and those other um, those other sports a year back. I don't know how many players are actually going to choose to take that extra year, especially those seniors. But at least they have the ability to do it. Now, the big question is going to be, are they going to be willing to expand scholarships and those other things that those or are they going to honor scholarships? Um, or is that going to go against the cap of those of those teams? Um, because baseball only has nine scholarships. I don't know how many softball has. Um, no, baseball is eleven point seven. Oh, eleven point seven. Um, maybe it's somebody only has nine. I don't know who it is. Maybe it's men's soccer. Um, but soccer play soccer has fourteen. But granted, our our season's that. But are they going to be willing to honor those scholarships and also the ones that are coming in in that freshman class? And I think that's going to be the next hurdle that the NCAA has to go over with this whole COVID nineteen thing, and willing to offer those scholarships or willing to um, give those kids another year of eligibility to add to it. Um, I think that'll be the I biggest key of this all. I think one of the best ways to possibly handle this, if you look at the seniors, um, whether they're graduating or in graduate school, something of that nature, find a way to do some type of scholarship program for the, the guys and girls that would have been finished with their eligibility. You have it sponsored by the NCAA that they are able to pick up their scholarship which we all know and, the NCAA can uh, cover it. Fund it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I was in college, actually, um, we had got a new head coach, and he cut 11 players. And they were up in arms about it. And granted, I think every, every coach should get to make their own team. But in college, we have to be a little bit more understanding that you're going to get the players who, like, when, you, when, you're, when you're a new coach, you inherit the players that that coach brought on. Um, and so he cut 11 players off the team and to, to say, to get their scholarship money. Um, they all had over, over 35% scholarship. Like it was a ridiculous amount of scholarship money that he opened up and it was really, really bad in the soccer community. Like it got a big black mark on it, but TCU then offered to pay an honor every single one of those girls scholarships. Um, I don't know how much money it ended up being, but I do know schools have the ability, a lot of schools. Granted, TC is a private school, so maybe it's a lot different. But there is the ability to do those things um, if you look in the right places, ask the right donors or whatever it is. Um, so hopefully other schools are able to do that because those kids do deserve the ability to not only showcase their talents because it was really interesting to hear like for baseball players, that's their last chance to really make a name for themselves. Um, because that's going to be, the, I mean, after you, after you graduate, if no team wants to draft you, if no team wants to bring you as a free agent or an indie ball team doesn't want you, what are you going to really do? You could have had a phenomenal senior season that got you on the map that at least got you drafted. And now like, you don't get the ability to at least have that. I mean, track, same way. Like you could have qualified for an Olympics at some point in time. But nobody's going to see it in your senior year. Um, 
softball i really don't know what's going on with the whole softball scene anyways uh, i will verse myself on that now that i don't know much about it but it's the ability to be seen it's the ability it's the ability to have those memories and it's the ability to um you know kind of put yourself out there if you want to continue your athletic career cuz it's not i mean it's not all about school granted school is the main reason but it's not all about school for some people i completely agree and i think from a baseball standpoint, um, as far as scouts and all that kind of stuff is going around, no one's going out to scout anything um, from a major league standpoint. So a lot of these kids, whether it be draft-eligible juniors, um, you know, four-year schools, seniors, all that kind of stuff, like it really puts a huge uh, dent in the draft because you don't know who's going to be taken. You know, they kind of have a, a little bit of an idea of who the top maybe 100 guys would be drafted. But after that, like, they're looking to see how guys progress through their season to decide where they might take them. And so with this going on, the season being canceled, it really puts uh, people's uh, future in jeopardy. So the, hopefully there's something that's able to be done. Um, I don't think they're going to cancel the draft this year. Uh, I think that would be something to be very, very unwise to do, but – Again, that's completely out of a lot of people's control. That's that's up to people that are getting paid a lot more than most of us. Um, but I, I feel it's something that needs to really be taken consider of because you know, we're talking about you know potential for people to really miss out on really really good opportunities. And so hopefully the NC, the NCAA uh, is able to come up with some type of plan to help these guys out, and hope also hopefully. Um, you know, some of these guys were able to get out and play uh, summer collegiate baseball and get an opportunity to try and showcase themselves that way before the draft and, uh, you know, hopefully make a name for themselves in a short amount of time. So, David, the last thing I want to talk about before we close out this episode, um, how about West Virginia being the only state in America without a COVID-19, as of right this second, without a COVID-19 case? Now, if they get one, they all are going to blame you. Okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> I've been blamed for a lot worse. Uh, yeah, there's actually somebody that sent me a um, sent me a, a little caption with a photo, and they called it uh, March Illness. <laughs> and it had the last, I believe it was eight or not eight or ten states that didn't have an infection, uh, weren't infected with the virus. Now I think it got down to the final two were West Virginia and Idaho. Idaho, Idaho officially fell. had so, one today. Yeah, someone, you know, of course had to claim, get on there and claim, we won March Illness. So we now have a national title in March Illness. So, God, <laughs> no one will be known for, but I, I guess we'll take it. Well, everyone, we don't know how long this is going to last for. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, we hope everyone is healthy and safe along the way and we promise to keep bringing you good content sports regular life whatever it is we promise to keep bringing you good content to keep you entertained through this very unknown time since we are going through uncharted waters right now but i'm ashley bullington and he is david carpenter and thank you so much for listening to pitches and pearls